Knowledge is the fuel that powers intelligent buying and selling. So get a quick recharge with me, Ron Edwards, Master Sommelier and Director of Wine Education for Winebow, Fine Wine, and Spirits. Welcome back to Wine Spark. Today we're going to talk about something that is present in many vineyards, if not all, but some are dominated by it, and that is wind. Wind has this very prickly friendship with viticulture. At times they're collaborating and they're really good buddies and they're helping, and at other times they're antagonistic to each other. So let's talk about what they what wind brings when it's collaborating with the vineyard. First of all, wind can drive off humidity and reduce uh, disease pressure in the process. It can reduce summer temperatures when we are having a cool wind come into a warmer area. We can find it blowing at the right velocity to disturb leaves and stop respiration, which delays ripening. We can find it warming chilly areas because the wind is coming from a warmer spot and making an otherwise cool environment slightly warmer. However, when they're being antagonistic with each other, we find that the wind can be blowing too much at flowering. And when it does that, it creates milrandage, hens and chicks, where you have berries that are different sizes and has to be managed during fermentation because you have a very different juice to skin ratio, even in one cluster. The other option would be instead of drying a vineyard, it's bringing humidity. For instance, the wind coming off the Atlantic Ocean into Bordeaux is always bringing humidity and that humidity causes disease pressure in, from fungal and uh, mildew. You can have it blowing so hard that it damages or threatens the actual plant, which is also a potentially difficult problem. And last, there are winds that are just kind of blast furnace winds. They're hot and they're dry and they put the vine under stress for water and temperature. So let's take that little bit of information and start applying it to some actual commonly known winds and see what they're doing for vineyards where they are. The first one is the, probably the most famous and that's the Mistral. The Mistral is a wind in France that happens commonly. It's most common in the fall and winter and it happens when a high pressure system sits over the Bay of Biscay off the coast of Bordeaux and a low pressure system sits in the Gulf of Genoa and their rotations create a funneling effect between them and wind is the result at a very high rate of speed. The, the normal Mistral can last up to a week and have sustained winds throughout that week of 25 to 60 miles per hour. That's 40 to 97 kilometers per hour, depending on where you are. And gusts can even reach hurricane force. So it can be a destructive wind. It can also be a blessing. It's more of a blessing if it's in the fall and winter after harvest, because then it's really not doing anybody any harm. During the growing season, if it's in the northern Rhone, where it funnels the wind in a Venturi effect, it can be very strong and a little bit dangerous to viticulture. But in the southern Rhone, it's almost always a blessing because it comes out of the steeper northern Rhone valley. Then when we get to the southern Rhone, the valley opens up and it's rolling hills and flat. The wind slows down and what it brings is a blessing of lower temperature and reduced humidity. So you have a decrease in overall heat and you have less disease pressure from any humidity that's there during the summertime. Spain has a very similar wind. It's actually caused by almost the exact same factors called El Cierto. That's C-I-E-R-Z-O. It's in north central Spain. 
um, dominates the Ebro Valley. And it's formed when a high is over the Bay of Biscay, and the low, instead of being in the Gulf of Genoa, is in the Western Mediterranean. It forms that same funneling effect. And here, the wind can be super intense, uh, up to hurricane force. So the Ebro takes the brunt of it, but then as it leaves the Ebro Valley and goes out into what is then becoming the central area of Spain, it runs into Campo de Borja. Campo de Borja is rolling hills and more open, and the, the wind slows down and just brings a cooling, drying effect, which is super helpful in that region. There's another wind that is formed in a very similar way that affects the island of Santorini. It's called the Etesian wind. And in this case, you have a high pressure system sitting over the Balkans, a low pressure system sitting over Turkey. When those two get together, they create the Etesian wind, which has been known for millennia. Uh, sailors were always afraid of it. It had the ability to really wreak havoc on ancient shipping routes. That said, what it does in Santorini is it, it comes down the Aegean Sea, ranging from 32 to 46 miles per hour, that's 52 to 74 kilometers per hour, and then hits the island of Santorini. The vines there cannot stand in regular trellises like we think because of this wind. So they were forced to figure out how to grow grapes in this wind, and they developed the kulura, that basket weave, which creates this really long um, vine that has been wrapped in a circle for um, decades which reduces yields, intensifies flavor, and in addition to that, there's no disease pressure in Santorini because that Etesian wind just all summer long just blows the humidity away. Another very dominant wind is the Zonda, Z-O-N-D-A, Zonda, uh, which is a phone wind. A phone wind is a wind caused by a lot of wind and moisture coming to one side of a mountain and then the opposite side of the mountain has a rain shadow is a typical example of how phone winds work that is definitely how this one works in argentina so all of that uh, pacific moisture and wind and everything comes into chile hits the andes and in mendoza's case specifically the ridge that has aconcagua in it which is the highest peak in the americas and it, runs up that slope and as it goes up the wind has to reduce its humidity and by dropping out the water it actually gains temperature and then skips over the peak taking some of its moisture with it that drops off in snow in the first peak and in the second ridge after the peak providing much needed irrigation melt later and then comes down the slope gets warmer and warmer and becomes a very warm wind as it reaches mendoza proper and that is the sonda. And it can be a very hot, drying wind, but it's part of the reason that Mendoza has sunshine, 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 and very low humidity, and therefore uh, not really much disease pressure. It is also the reason that it's basically a desert. And so without the natural effect of dumping all of that moisture before it reaches Mendoza, we wouldn't have irrigation and we wouldn't have viticulture there. The beauty of it is that this wind is dominant May through November, which is winter there. So it dumps the snow, gets it ready to be used for irrigation in the summertime. Something a little closer to home, we have the Van Duzer Corridor winds or the Van Duzer winds in Willamette Valley. Uh, Eola Amity Hills is a perfect example of, of an area that's drastically affected by this. Every afternoon, Willamette Valley air warms and rises. And when it rises, it creates a vacuum that pulls cold Pacific air through Van Duzer Corridor into Willamette Valley, changing immediately the afternoon temperature. And it's like clockwork. It happens all summer. 
and it's one of the reasons that Willamette Valley is capable of making cool climate varieties when it isn't that far north. Another example of a local and regular wind that helps viticulture tremendously is the Pontius wind, which is a downdraft out of the French Alps and drastically affects Vonceau. In the afternoons, the air sinks down from the mountains, cools off the vineyards of Vonceau and makes what would otherwise be a very hot region not quite as warm. Super helpful to viticulture there. And there are plenty of other examples where wind impacts viticulture. You know, what wind is impactful to your favorite wine region? The coastal flow of Pacific air through the Templeton Gap of Sonoma County, maybe? Or maybe it's one of the phone winds that make Alsace dry and almost Mediterranean? Or is it the daily downdraft of cool wind into the Maipo and Colchagua? Or perhaps it's the influx of cold, moist air each afternoon into Carneros. Chances are your favorite region of the world is directly impacted by a regular, predictable wind current. I encourage you to find out what it is. Until next time. <laughs>